Welcome to the podcast that's all about empowering women so they can have a thriving career as a mother. This podcast is for high-achieving women who want to have a successful career without sacrificing quality time and connection with their kids. Get insights, tips and strategies about doing work you love by leveraging your natural gifts and superpower as a mom. It's time to change the narrative around being a career mom from one of struggle, sacrifice and stress to something that's empowering, uplifting and rewarding. Thanks for listening and join me on this journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today I want to share with you something that I realized over yesterday and today, and that is the power of the stories we tell ourselves and how these stories dictate how we live our lives. So the story goes like this. I was nine years old. I remember very clearly I was in primary four. It was during an English lesson and her name was Miss Ng. Miss Ng was my form teacher in primary school and she taught English. And this was the beginning of a lesson. She walked in and she, I don't remember the details now, but I know that we were supposed to go home the day before and learn something in our English grammar book. And then she picked me to be the first one to stand up and give her the answer to her question. So I stood up in a class of 40 other students. She must have asked me a question. I don't remember how she asked it, but in my head, I processed it as you know, I was, I remember feeling lost and confused. I wasn't really clear what she was asking for. And she said, and I heard her say the word right. And in my mind, somehow I process it, her question as asking me for the antonym of right. Antonym meaning the opposite of right. And so I said, wrong because I thought the opposite of right is wrong. Turns out she wanted me to give her the answer to all the different tenses of the word right as in W-R-I-T-E, to write a word or write a letter. And the answer she was looking for was write, wrote, written. And because I was the first one to go, I had no one to kind of model after, no examples. Uh, I was obviously, you know, as the person being called first, I was a little bit uh, flustered. I obviously was feeling nervous. And maybe that was the reason why I couldn't really process what she was asking for. And I felt lost and confused. And my first answer was the wrong answer. So ironic that, you know, I gave the antonym wrong and I got the wrong answer. But 
Anyway, so as a punishment, she made me stand on my chair, raise my arms up in the air, and leave it there for the lesson. And the position of our classroom was kind of in the central part of the building, which meant that any time any other student or teacher or staff walked past our classroom because we were right. Um, you know, where it led to the staircase of the second story. So anyone who wanted to go to the second story would have to go past our classroom. And of course, that I remember made me feel so bad, so ashamed. And mind you, back in the day, I was a very shy and quiet and introverted child who lacked confidence. And I was always feeling afraid, you know, and unsure, as many kids who are young that age might do. But I remember my cheeks were flushed. I felt so embarrassed, so ashamed. And I think it was like one of the worst moments in my life. Clearly, I was traumatized by that whole experience. I never told anyone that year or even... I think for all of my school years, I've only started talking about that after I had kids, actually. It it never came up as a memory until uh, I, I have kids on my own now and sometimes things would happen in school and that was a memory that came up for me to share with them as a lesson to kind of like, you know, tell them that sometimes... People and teachers do things without realizing the impact it has on a child. Why am I telling you this story? Well, this story came to me just about an hour ago. And why this story came up now again, I mean, it's come up time to time, but why it's just come up now is because yesterday I had a practice session. So you guys know that I'm undergoing certification for a coaching program that helps us to work with our subconscious minds to rewire our brains and the way we think. And so yesterday's session, I was practicing the role of a coach. I had a client and we were going to work on this particular topic that I felt not so confident about unsure about a little bit like when I was nine again. But that was precisely the reason why I picked that topic to practice on, because it was something that I wanted to get familiar with and practice more and be very competent in. So we did that. And it turns out my client is like in, I'm far more knowledgeable in this topic than me. So before we began the session, you know, I was just having a little bit of a chit chat with her and I found out that she was actually quite familiar and proficient in this topic. And immediately my brain brought me back somehow, somewhere back in time. And it made me feel a little bit intimidated. Wow, I'm going to be coaching this person who knows more than me about this topic. We went through the session. It was fine. 
you know, and her feedback was that she never even noticed anything about me feeling whatever I was feeling when I shared at the end of the session during our debrief. And I was talking about how the moment I heard that she knew quite a lot about the topic, all these old familiar feelings that I didn't know from where, but they felt very, very familiar came up for me. The feeling that, oh my gosh, she knows more than me. Oh dear, I'm gonna appear to not have the right answers and appear to be so incompetent. And I was trying to deal with that while coaching her. And I shared that with my coach and I said it felt difficult because I was trying very hard to focus on my client, but I was also very aware about all of these things that were going on in my mind and the feelings I was experiencing. And he said that was actually a good thing that I was aware about it. And so we, we then, you know, worked on processing all of those feelings. And we left it as that. And I thought, okay, that's done. You know, yeah, I just need to do more practices, get more confident with it. And then I won't feel this way again. But this morning, this memory of Miss Ng and the punishment in class came up and I connected the two now because I realized how this is a central theme in my life, in everything I do, especially professionally, but also personally in my own life, in the other areas of my life, how I have this need to have the right answer. And I think it's because as a child, I was punished and quite traumatized by this whole experience of not having the right answer. And if you had the wrong answer, you would be punished, you would be shamed, Everyone will see you standing on that chair with your arms up in the air like an idiot. And that has kind of been with me a lot of my life. And that is the reason why I was always, always for a long, long time terrified of speaking up. I was, and I'm not talking about even in an audience, definitely not a podcast like that, but even in a small team meeting of four people, or a department meeting, I remember the sensations so clearly every time I would have an opinion about something and I really wanted to share it in the meeting and my heart would literally be pounding. I would have ringing in my ears, my throat would tighten and be dry and I would be battling in my mind, should I share this? Should I not? Would it come across stupid? Would it be a right answer? And all this time, I would be having all of these thoughts and feelings and sensations in my body. And of course, that moment would pass. That would no longer be the right time to talk about it, to bring up the point. That's the reason why I've had previous bosses tell me that I was too quiet in meetings and that that could mean one of two things. Either I lacked confidence or I was arrogant and not sharing my thoughts and opinions. And I had a third one in my mind that I was just incompetent because I did not have any value or opinions to share. And I did not have any right answers to share. That was just how I spoke to myself for a long time, feeling that I was incompetent. I didn't have anything of value to share. I didn't have an opinion. And I would pick up on these things because our brains have a way of confirming the stories we tell ourselves in my in your mind. So I remember another colleague who used to say I was so quiet and Oh, you know, I mean, she said it in jest, but I picked it up as a truth. And she said, oh, you're just so boring. 
And that was what I picked up and I added on layers upon layers of how it would therefore define me as a person. And so I never saw myself as someone who had the ability to communicate effectively. I never saw myself as someone who was able to speak on a stage or maybe even in a small group. And it wasn't until quite recently where I was pretty much pushed into a role where I had to speak up, I had to share my opinions. You know, it was still very frightening and stressful for me, but I started learning and I didn't realize it at that time. I was actually starting to relearn and change those stories in my head just purely for survival's sake. I had to take up some of the jobs that I had to, that required me to speak and to earn the money that I wanted to provide the lifestyle for uh, my family and our kids. So out of survival and necessity, I kind of really started to, you know, change these stories and the whole identity of myself and the image that I had of myself as someone who was just too scared and too incompetent and too boring and who didn't have confidence and who would get the answers wrong and who would just look like an idiot. I really kind of slowly, gradually started to change those stories I was telling about myself that I'm sure were also not just from that incident with Miss Ng from primary four when I was nine, but I'm sure there were many other memories and past incidents that I have conveniently pushed down into my unconscious mind. So I share this this little example and to show you how powerful our stories can be in terms of then running our lives because what ends up happening is that our brains start to scan for evidence happening in our day-to-day lives that confirm that story we have made up that maybe, you know, the original event had very different situations, circumstances. I clearly was only nine and I wasn't in a position to be able to see that, you know, it was just a mistake. Miss Ng probably was not very skilled in handling this and she was still from the old school of, you know, fear, instilling fear in you to get you to do your homework. And she she might have seen that I just didn't do the work, the homework that she assigned, right, the day before. But at that age, you don't understand, you don't see, you don't have the wider perspective, you make it mean something and you carry that along with you for the rest of your life. And it then forms your identity, how you see yourself, what you think you're capable of. And that also drives what you do, what you try, what you take up, right? And I wanted to share this as a simple story, right? A simple illustration, an example of how the stories we make up in our heads have such a big impact on our lives. And and the thing is, some of these stories aren't even relevant anymore today in your life right now. And, you know, it's our ability to recognize that, to see that, and then to replace those stories so that we tell ourselves stories that get us the things that we want, get us the results that we want, help us to create the life that we want and the feelings we want to feel and all of these things. I hope that today's episode helped you to see that how important and critical it is, the stories we tell ourselves, how important it is to tell good stories 
And the amazing thing is that our brains don't even really know what's a real true story and what's not really real and just made up in your head, it's still going to go to work and find evidence to confirm that story you've made up. And so you might as well make up a good story that's going to help you get everything that you want in your life, right? So if you want to learn a little bit more about how to make up better stories, I want to invite you to sign up for my free program. It's called Get the results you want. It's a very simple thing. It's a one-week program. You receive an email every day for one week. And then there are some exercises that you do, but I basically teach you how to start shifting the stories that you're telling yourselves, what's actually going on in your brain, so that once you have that understanding and you know how your brain works, then you can pretty much hack it to make it work for you rather than against you. So if you want to get your hands on that free program, just go to my website and that is at SharonSingSidhu.com forward slash get result. And I hope that you enjoy that program and this episode and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so that more women can find it and benefit from it. To learn more about how you can thrive as a career mom, come to my free masterclass, Thriving in Career and Motherhood. Go to SharonSingSidhu.com forward slash meetup to register. I look forward to seeing you there.